Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list a lot of people talk about the number 434 Doc Manson at Doc Manson but I am more concerned with the number 232 do you know why I don't I have a feeling that you are going to tell me, D.C. Matthews, at the D.C. Matthews. I shall indeed. That is the number of wrestlers we have on the list. 232, which is far more than a Baker's dozen. Well, I mean, and it's it's, it's far more than we had, certainly, than when we started the list, right? That's so, true. Well, progress. eventually, the list... The... <laughs> uh Doc Manson has on his pointer finger of what I believe is his right hand uh, one of those little rubber monsters that you could get at the arcade if you played skee-ball well enough. I I, I never played skee-ball well enough to obtain this for myself. This was one of the early courting gifts that I received from from Mrs. Manson. So uh, that's lovely, very, very uh, special. This is the list, and we'll get to that. But now I just have to ask: We talked about arcade games like X Men or WrestleMania, but I want to talk for just a few minutes about the games that give you tickets. I don't know the last time you did that. Uh, far, far too recently. That I, for me, because for to me, it was like two weeks ago. Okay, it wasn't two weeks ago, but I believe we went to a Dave and Buster's for, I think, friend of the show Rachel's birthday. Okay. It could have been it could have been the Arsis's birthday though. I, I I'm sorry, I don't remember if you're listening. Mrs. Manson would know and be able to save me. But we went to Dave and Buster's, and, and they have some sort of game there where you um. You put in a quarter and like, or a token, or I think it's a quarter that you put in, but like it drops a token or something, and like it's on one of those platforms where these there's these moving pushing things, and you're trying to get it to push the sure. tokens off the ledge, you know, and that that fed you tickets, I think, so that you could then go spend in their gift shop. Um, I got a bunch of candy that night. Mm-hmm. There. Uh... On, on the vineyard where we tend to frequent, right up Circuit Avenue in the center of Oak Bluffs is an arcade. And every time we're there, we will go spend 10 to $20 playing whatever sorts of games, but usually we tend to play the ticket games. Skee-Ball, I think, is Mrs. Matthews' favorite. I'm partial to uh, the game. It's a, it's a carnival game where they've got the like clown heads and you got to try to hit them with the balls. Those are always fun. So it's like a baseball that you're throwing at them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we're relying on my aim and technical savvy. And I just, I just, I have like three of them in my hand at once, and it's just whipping them at top speed. Ten, a lot of times when I do these games, the ball inevitably bounces out and comes back at me, and I have to go chase it across the floor of the arcade. Oh, DC, this... Nothing you say surprises me at this point. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, those are, you know, that, can, that can, can be we, fun can once we, or twice a can year. Can we that's both fun... agree, though, the worst one of those ticket games is, is the one with, with that overinflated basketball and, and the underinflated yeah, bent? Hoop. Yeah, it, it, that's just a sucker's game. I enjoy, I enjoy it. The casino used to have that game, and we would play. Um, I also am partial to Deal or No Deal. Which one's I that? Like it's 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 an arcade style game, but it's you play deal or no deal, and you put in your money and you choose uh, a case, and that has a certain number of tickets in it. And but I just enjoy the hmm. models, the the disappointed faces when you get a high number, and they just they look at you like you're a terrible person. And for some reason, that really appeals to me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to hear it. What else appeals to me, clearly, is doing the list. So we'll come off of the carnival game thing, so to speak. Did you go to the fair this weekend? I haven't I been to the did. fair in a long time. You did? Yep. It was fun. I had myself a smoked turkey leg hey. and a uh, frozen banana dipped in cherry dip with rainbow sprinkles. It was delightful. Once again, as always, appreciate the invitation. 
I can't remember the last time you guys wanted to go. I don't know. I remember going, and every time I remember going, Mrs. Matthews gets mad at me for wanting to eat something I shouldn't be eating. Yeah. Giant eclair. I think I have a picture of me <laughs> trying to eat a giant eclair. Just... I had the giant eclairs. Oh, you could so have good. had another one. All right. Anyways, we have 232 names. Doc Manson, if you don't mind, could you run us through the top ten? Okay, yes. The top ten of the list currently, as it stands, number ten, Vader. Number nine, Ricky Steamboat. Number eight, Christopher Daniels. Number seven, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number six, Kevin Owens. Number five, The Iron Sheik. Number four, Scott Hall. Number three, John Cena. Number two, Mr. McMahon. And the greatest wrestler of all time is the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I know that we're at that point where it's going to be really hard to crack in, maybe not the top ten, but those upper two or three names are, are pretty well enmeshed, so to speak. But again, I got to say, I, I want to feel like I'm having a good feeling. I feel like now that we've gotten rid of some of the names and we put the tag teams together, it's just a, it's just more of a likelihood that we'll know who these people are and they could, they could rank highly. Yeah, maybe people will enjoy listening to this show again. I think people... Okay, help us out here, because people have said that they, you know, haven't been listening or they need to catch up, and Doc Manson, you know how much praise he needs. He deserves more praise, and really, he craves more praise. So if you say you're not listening to the show anymore, he's really going to stop wanting to record. You'll notice it's been a week or so since we've had one of these. I mean, I, I will... To- I will say on record, I, I directly blame Mitchell Monroe for, for saying that he was several weeks behind. Uh, it's his disinterest so, in the list that has delayed our recording. At least so number on one, please stay interested. And number two, if you're not, lie. <laughs> and just say you are. All right. That, that, that would All be right. Uh, I believe there are 739 names still on the male list, 71 names on the female list. Again, the Mae Young Classic uh, Wednesday night, I think, is the time you can start actually watching that on the WWE Network, in which case more names will be added to the list. But, Doc Manson, can I have a number, please? All right. The first number is number five. Really? Really, really. Okay. Uh, number five is Bad Luck Fale. Okay. Why don't you tell me a little bit about this Bad uh, Luck Fellow? Bad Luck Fale is... Do you remember Mr. Hughes? No. Big guy, wore a you know dress shirt and tie to the ring, had like the wraparound sunglasses. You don't remember Bad Luck Fale? No, you don't. You don't know who that is. You don't remember Mr. Hughes? Not offhand. Okay. Um, Bad luck, Fale seems to me to be the enforcer of the Bullet Club. He is a large guy. His nickname is the Underboss. Um, he kind of has this mafioso style character, as far as I can tell. Uh, but he's been in the Bullet Club for going on five years. He's like I said, he's not the. He's not one of the big, big stars of the Bullet Club, but he's he's kind of the enforcer. He's like their Virgil, because Virgil was or Vincent was part of the NWO. If Virgil was really good and like big, intimidating, and talented, so would a better comparison be he is the Arn Anderson of the Bullet Club? He's not as technically sound. He is that kind of enforcer role, though. He's he's. He's their bodyguard, I, you know, and there's not a lot of... I will say, great... I, I've, I've seen the name before. I don't think I've ever seen this gentleman wrestle, but I, I've seen the name enough that I thought it was Bad Luck Fail. Um, but apparently apparently it's Fale, I've now learned. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, how technically sound he is, how he performs in the ring, I'm, I'm relying on you, DC, to let me know where you think he falls on the list. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, he is he is Tongan. He's part. I don't know if it's adoptive or not, but he is part of uh, the Haku Dynasty, which is okay. always going to mean something to me. 
again, clearly not. Who's at number 50? Right now, 50 is Tito Santana. Not in the top 50. Does he have a tattoo on the top of his head? Uh, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I'm just scrolling through pictures here, on, and it might not be him in this in this Bing image search. But Oh, you know? It might be. He yeah. might. Mm. He might. He might have, like, almost it looks like a mohawk kind of tattoo on his head. All right. I mean, I like that underboss design. Uh, I think that's kind of a neat little logo on his T-shirt there. With so, the yeah, look at it. Down. 75 is Funaki. I don't even think I can put him in that. So, uh, number I one. below the rosy line. Okay. All right. I like where this is going. Uh, let's see. Although now we're getting to, you know, the Primo and Epico, I'd put him above that. Luke okay. Gallows is probably not a bad place to kind of rest because not only are they former Bullet Club members together, but, you know, we're talking Mark Marrow, we're talking Aiden English, we're talking Luke Gallows. I think he's he's right around 100, if I'm being 100, if I'm being 100% honest. I think maybe even he takes 100 and bumps Crazy Steve down a peg. Okay. I All mean, right. I, I mean, I would even listen to you if you told me he belonged in round 91, higher than Jason Jordan. But No, I, I don't want to go that far, because Tyler Bate, uh, I'm assuming you didn't watch Raw last night. I don't know what you're talking about. I watch all of the wrestling. Good. Then you know who the new member of the, uh, the new manager for the Authors of Pain is. Of course I know who that is. It's, it's number clearly no- Drake Maverick or someone it's, like yeah, that. It's 94 really? on the list. He is, he is the general manager of the Cruiserweights and managing perhaps the largest tag team in WWE right now. Now, let me ask a question. Does this mean that the Authors of Pain are going to show up on 205 Live as his enforcers? Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? But, I mean, if not, you kind of got to start thinking, well, do, are, do they want to get Drake Maverick? Are they been so pleased with Jake Maverick's performance on 205 Live, they want to get him on the main roster? Is that what's happening here? I believe so. I think okay. that's, that's he did a really – he's done a really nice job as GM – I think they I think they just have come to terms with the fact that 205 Live is what it is and despite the fact that Drew Gulak was on Raw despite being a cruiserweight um yeah I I, I don't know but it just, just the look of him in cuz he wore the outfit he didn't just wear a suit he had like the tactical gear on and it was just the best thing ever all right, so we're putting, and he's at 94, so we are putting uh, Bad Luck Fale at number 100 on the list. All right. Are you putting that there so you know who that is? I mean, I, I always knew who that was, but, I mean, obviously, uh, it just sometimes it just helps to have a little bit of a... That's fine. Yeah. That's the next fine, number fine. on the list, we're going to rank number 726. Going to the other side of the list, 726 is Damian Kane. Damian Kane. Ah, yes, I know him well. Is not something I would say about Damian <laughs> Kane. But uh, well, you know. this is this is one of those things where we haven't done this in a while. I feel like. Um, oh man, I like this guy already. His birth name is Edward Bazaza. <laughs> that is a I, great name. Uh, he apparently was part of ECW. I don't remember ever seeing him. Uh, I don't believe you have ever seen him. So we're at that point where I think we just take him off the list and I get another number. Although he apparently uh, was left ECW after making inappropriate remarks about Missy Hyatt. Not that that really means anything, but yeah. that I think is his biggest claim to fame. All right. Is he managed to get himself fired from ECW, which was not an easy thing to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess so. I so another s- number, please. Yep. Next number for the list, 233. 233 brings us to Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble. There's a fellow who I ostensibly never really liked. But really? Not really. Although, I mean, I don't know if that's true. He's a solid worker. He, he is technically sound, I think. Smaller guy. Always, you know, sort of 
I feel like being pitted in those matches against the larger individuals, and not necessarily a style of match that I love. I was never a big fan of the gimmick, the whole, you know, is redneck an appropriate thing to say in this day and age? I was going to go with trailer trash. Uh, he and Nidia had that kind of sure. trailer I will trash say, thing. I think him with Nidia is probably the highlight of, well, no. No, I, that was the highlight of his wrestling career, I would say. I'd like to point out, I'm watching WCW, and they have the a stable of cruiserweights called the Young Dragons. Young, J-U-N-G. Young Dragons. And it's Kaz Hayashi. It is Yang, who would be, go on to be known as Jimmy Wang Yang. Mm. And Jamie-san, who is Jamie Noble in a mask, pretending to be Japanese. All right. Well, I mean, the most positive thing I can say about Jamie Noble personally is J&J security was quite a hoot. It was fantastic. Joey Mercury, um, uh, Jamie Noble. They were uh, the security act for, for who? That was for the authority. Rollins. Okay, yeah, when, when Rollins was part of the authority. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had some good comedy. Um, I enjoyed that. They were the Patterson and Briscoe of that time. Yeah, they were, absolutely. They were, you know, Patterson and Briscoe were the stooges for Vince McMahon. Noble and Joey Mercury were the stooges for, for them. Uh, yeah, you know, I liked Jamie Noble. He had, he was not your average cruiserweight. He was not all flip-flop and fly. He was more technically sound, which I tend to appreciate. He's kind of a poor man's Dean Malenko. I could see uh, that. And I can imagine that you probably like him more if only because you're familiar with his work in the cruiserweight division of WCW. He had, you know, the Young Dragons weren't around a lot, and a lot of it was just stupid comedy stuff, which has its place. But you've got the Young Dragons, and then they wrestled three count, which had Shane Helms before he was the Hurricane. It had Shannon Moore before he was whatever Shannon Moore went on to do. He was Matt Hardy's guy for a while, and then he was all, like, tattooed in ECW for a little bit. So, you know, it was good. Um, looking at, you know, I'm kind of looking in the, almost the exact same place that we just put Bad Luck Fale. You know, James Storm seems like a name that kind of would go maybe a little lower. Maybe in the Mike Knox and Kalisto category. Um, I, maybe I in know. the Savio Vega category. Again, I I always appreciate it when a performer is able to to sort of reinvent themselves. True. And going from whatever it is you were just describing with the young dragons to 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 that to that, you know, poor white uh sort of gimmick to 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 the J&J security. I, I actually think there's, you know, that that J&J security alone mm-hmm. honestly starts pushing him into rosy territory. I don't know if I'm going to go and say he, he they're better he's better than Rosie. Is he better than Amish Roadkill who as we all know was Amish? Hmm. I think so. I think so. So are we putting him like I would I would put him above Mike Canellis. That's for sure. I'm happy Mike with Canellis that. Is currently for sure. at 84. Unless you're going to make 84. an argument to jump above Rosie at 82. I think no. I'm happy there. No, I'm going with 84. I'll put Dakota Kai above him for now. For now. But yeah, Jamie Noble at 84, right in between Dakota Kai and Mike Canellis. That sounds right. I like it. I like it. All right. Another name, please. Or number, rather. 306. 306 brings us to... Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy, you better be listening, Jeremy. Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton, I... I now, know I'm going to stop I right there think. because Jeremy right now should immediately start writing his email because no matter what you and I say, Jeremy will not be happy with this. <laughs> He's the uh, half of the Rock and Roll Express. He, he yeah. is the blonde and, dare I say, the more talented half of the Rock and Roll Express. He's now, I, again, maybe Jeremy's going to write an email about that. But Ricky Morton is generally considered by old school fans to be perhaps the best seller in the business. Nobody got beat up like Ricky Morton. Okay, that's interesting to hear. I mean, I will say, uh, again, not very familiar with his in-ring work, but I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but he was recently inducted into the WWE 
Hall of Fame. And certainly in watching those video packages and watching him and his partner, uh, uh, was it Robert? Uh, Gibson. Gibson, yeah. Watching them together on that stage, reminiscing about old times. And just the fact that, if I recall, uh, one of the things that I sort of learned there was they were still actively wrestling. Um, these two guys have been wrestling since, like, the 1970s. Yeah. And Did still put on enjoy? Let me ask you this. Did you enjoy when in NXT it was like the Revival versus American Alpha, the Revival versus DIY? Did you enjoy those tag team matches? I know you're not a huge proponent of tag team wrestling. It's the closest to being gaga about tag team wrestling as I've ever been. Then I do think if you ever had a mind to, and maybe Jeremy or somebody can send you a link to make it easier... The matches between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, or like the Rock and Roll Express, and if they ever, I do believe they wrestled the Four Horsemen like Arn and Tully. Those are the matches that I think you would enjoy because it's it's very similar um, in terms of pacing. It's very similar in terms of you know the the mental game of it. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say, I'm gonna say. Ricky Morton should be in in the lower, lower part of the top 50. That's okay. Um, I'm definitely better than our truth. Better than our truth. Maybe on par with Tito Santana. And again, Jeremy's going to email because there's names like Billy Gunn, Fandango, Junkyard Dog. I would guess Jeremy would put Ricky Morton above some of those names. Mm. I, I'm I mean, not sure that I'm ready to. My gut here is I would have, again, not overly familiar with the work, but... Well, now, hold on a second. Hold on. Let's pause for a second because I've forgotten. Now, while, they, while Ricky Morton had a singles career, the vast majority of his work is as part of the Rock and Roll Express. Are we grouping them together or are we doing it separate? Hmm... Because if we're grouping them together, then he's going even higher. The Rock and Roll Express are one of the all-time tag teams. Right. Ah, geez. Can you speak to the two of them as separate wrestlers? The only thing I remember from Ricky Morton's singles career is at one point he turned heel and became Richard Morton. You know how Dana Brooke with... Uh, Titus Worldwide suddenly dressed up and was talking strategy and doing the numbers and stuff. Yeah. That is a play on the York Foundation, which is Marlena before she became Marlena. And Ricky Morton became Richard Morton. Terry Taylor became Terrence Taylor. And they all dressed in suits and they all, you know, her with her giant laptop, which looked to be about the size of the sun. Um, Sort of thing now, so that's what I remember is that. But again, he might have had more. You know, I'm reading some of this. He clearly has held many singles titles in all manner of independent promotions. Uh, in terms of the NWA, he won the junior heavyweight title, multiple tag team champion. I mean, I'm honestly very just impressed with the longevity of the careers here. Mm -hmm. um, I know it doesn't really help answer the question, are we going to rank them separate or together? But I would say together. And again, you know, he was a USWA champion, which is kind of one of those like a Memphis uh, championship thing. But a lot of his stuff is beforehand. But yeah, when did he make his debut? He made his debut in 78 and had a match in 2018, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Okay, so if we're going to rank them together... How high are you thinking? Because, I mean, I'm looking at Greg Valentine at number 22, and certainly while he's a great name, I don't, yeah. I don't know whether or not. No, I put him. I, I think you've got it right because above that is Bam Bam and May Young, and I don't know that I'd go that far. But I think he in the top 25 somewhere in there. Now let me ask you a say, question yeah. though. This is this is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yes, but. To some extent, I feel like our rules about grouping guys together are to get around those tag teams of fellows who who we don't know in any way. I mean, because, like, again, for instance, I guess the thing that bothers me about it is 
th- isn't this sort of like grouping uh, Bubba Ray and Devon together as the Dudleys? Are we going to do that from here on forward? No, I would say no because both of them had sing- significant singles runs. So you talk about the Steiner brothers, great tag team, but Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner had singles runs. Um, the Road Warriors, however, Hawk, you know, wrestled Ric Flair for the world title once, and Animal wrestled after Hawk's death. But that's they're best known for being part of that team. So you know, I'm open. We can mm-hmm. we can rank them separately. Um, I you think know, I'm, we, I think I support ranking them together. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are we doing twenty two. I like it. Twenty two. I I I have to believe, Jeremy. If you're not happy with twenty two, then I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna do. Uh, I'd like to point out this is a, apropos to nothing, but his name just popped up. Um, I picked up the New Japan wrestling game Fire Pro Wrestling World. And I'm slowly figuring it out. It is enjoyable, but it is not as addicting as I thought it would be. However, I did download a created Heidenreich to be in the game. You, you are fantastic. Thank you. You need to get him a Snitsky. Oh, I got to write that down. I forgot about Snitsky. (laughs) I have Waylon Mercy. (laughs) There you go. Um, So the next number to be ranked upon the list is number 300. And 68. 368 brings us to Ezekiel Jackson, oh. otherwise known as Big Rick. Big Rick. Like yes. I like Lucha Big Rick in, um, in Lucha Underground. I believe Ezekiel Jackson is the last... ECW champion. Now, granted, that's the WWE version, but I believe he was the final ECW champion before they gave up on that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I've always liked him in terms of he's a big guy. He's very muscular. I, I can't. I can't speak to liking anything in particular about his run in the WWE. But Big Rick in Lucha Underground. Uh, I, I rather enjoyed that character um, and the, the whole sort of storyline, you know, with him and his crew who then uh, uh, sort of turned their back on him and him coming back, uh, the eye patch, and I don't know. There's, there's something to all of that. There's definitely something to that. But I'd then like he just suddenly out. disappeared. I feel like he just sort of dropped off the face of the earth when it came to the gender ground. Uh, People get killed died. Off, so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as Wikipedia says, he wrestled last in 2015. I'll check ProFight database to see if they have anything more recent. Uh, I'd like to point out, Ezekiel Jackson is a former Intercontinental Champion. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, it's probably from your lost years. Uh, yeah, it credits his last wrestling match as 2015. Hmm. So... Um, and he right was part now, of the core, the follow-up group from the Nexus, sort of, with Wade Barrett and all them. Yeah, all of that is is I'm missing. So one of these days I will go back. Maybe when the WW or the WCW Quest is over, eventually I will do that. Uh, right now I'm just going to throw out a uh, a name, and you tell me higher or lower for Ezekiel Jackson. Luchasaurus at 155. I'm going to go higher. I think he was more okay. prominently featured in Lucha Underground, for sure. The Ascension at 143. Like, mm, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go higher. Um, let me pick a name that you know. Apollo Crews at 130. I currently, based off Apollo Crews's current career would rank Big Rick higher. I think so. Like, he's held titles. Uh, let's go with, we didn't mention him before, but let's mention him again. Kalisto at 114. I think we're starting to get to the ballpark here. So, Kalisto's at 114. Uh, the Authors of Pain are at 118. The War Raiders are at 121. 
I could see... Hmm. <laughs> this is going to sound strange. But I feel as though Titus World Slide has seen better success in some ways than Ezekiel Jackson. Than Ezekiel Jackson. What about Curtis Axel at 126? Former Raw Tag Team Champion Curtis Axel. I mean, I, w- I would have said Ezekiel was above Curtis Axel, but the recent run a- as champions as part of the B team, I think... B team, B team, go, yeah. go, go. I mean, I'm looking at that 127 mark between Curtis that's... Axel and Sin Cara. All right, I think that's fair. I like that's that. probably a good... 127... Ezekiel Jackson, otherwise known, and I'll put that in there, as Big Rick. I am trusting you to just tell me when to switch to the women's list. Otherwise, I am happy to continue. So, a number of any kind, please. Well, just so happens, I was planning to switch to the women's list this very round. And the number is 56. 56 brings us to Naomi. Hmm. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I, I hate. I hate that theme song. It does nothing for me. I don't like the the bring it to the floor. I don't like the, the dancing. I don't. I, I don't like the the neon. I don't like the black lights. I don't like. Every time I try to think of that song, I go do lit do 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 lit do do. Now that said. I don't dislike Naomi herself. I don't like the shtick that she has, the whole glow thing. I'm not a big fan of that. But mm-hmm. I think she's actually uh, a serviceable wrestler. And, again, you want to talk about people sort of reinventing themselves. I really – this is not a wrestling act, of course, but I really enjoyed the Funkadactyls when they were teamed up with uh, uh, Titus – no, not, not Titus. Uh, what was his name? His name is Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay. His name is Tyrus, I believe, now, which is why yes, I said is. what You're I right. said. But yeah, Brodus Clay. I love the Funkadactyls. Me and Mrs. Manson, we used to always love that butt to butt to butt to butt move that they did. Um, it was fun. It was just good, good fun. Um, and, you know, I will say again, you know, I'm not a big fan of her moveset as a wrestler now. I don't like those kicks that she does. That's the one move I don't like. Everything else, I'm like, you know what? She's not bad. Yeah. Like, even the rear view, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Not a, I'm not know. a huge fan of the rear view, but it, it's not it, it's not any more offensive than Asuka's hip checks. Like, it's it's not. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, it's those kicks, I think, that, that really... Um, they cause... just never look like they connect. Never. And it always just looks like if the person getting kicked would just take one step back. It's not like... It's not like she's hitting with such force or she's hitting them in the head. Like, there's no reason for them to be stunned and just, just to just continue taking those kicks while she's just clearly getting gassed, losing, like, losing all of her breath. I don't know. There's just something about that really ruins the match immersion for me um, mm-hmm. about that move. Having said that, while it's, it's recent, she won the very first uh, women's battle royal at WrestleMania. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, she's a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. So didn't she win uh, the championship at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a. So let's go with a name that I know is near and dear to your heart. How does Naomi compare to Christy Hemi? If I'm being honest, I think we have to rank Naomi above Christy Hemi. Do we rank her above Molly Holly? Well, now we're getting into questionable territory. The answer is probably yes. Ultimately, I don't know whether or not Molly Holly... Well, think about it. Molly Holly, was she a women's champion? I think she probably was, but... And she was cruiserweight champion. Well, was she? No, hardcore champion. Rather, no, hardcore champion. Okay. She is a one-time hardcore champion and a two-time women's champion. And just she just had a... She just wrestled... In the Chikara King of Trios tournament. Look, all I'm going to say is Naomi won the Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Molly Holly had her head shaved. All I'm saying is right now, 
below Molly Holly, but above Christy Hemi. We have Fandango at 46 and Billy Gunn at 47. And if you don't think she belongs between the dancing guy and the ass man, you are incorrect. It's it just, it's perfect. That is exactly where she should go. <laughs> That's the most convincing argument I've ever heard. Uh, Thank you. By all She's means. at 47. Forty-seven. Again, I think she is a good talent. Um, and hey, if somebody would like to rank her higher, they can email podcast at DDT Wrestling and plead their case. Because at some point in the nearish future, we will do another reconciliation show. But right now, she's above Christy Hemi. She's below Molly Holly. She's a little below Natalia. A little below Jacqueline. But she's above Emma. That makes sense to me. Yeah, She's above... Uh, let's see, Tori Wilson, Maria Canellis, Tessa Blanchard. Like, I think that's... Like I said, I could see an argument for her to be a bit higher on this list. Like, ultimately, like, Natalia, I love Natalia. She's has not had the greatest run. Naomi, I definitely think, has had a better run. But... It, to me, it's longevity. But I like Natalia more, so, I mean, it's... Yeah, and to me, it's longevity. Like, Naomi's had a decent career, but Natalia's been around at least a decade. Molly Holly was around for a very long time between WCW and WWFE. So. Alright. Alright. Our next number from the male talent pool is 189. 189 brings us to Mark Lewin. Hmm. Mark Lewin. Yes, yes, Mark Lewin, that that um that guy who doesn't even have a photo on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Uh DC He was also known as the Purple Haze. Uh, are we going to rank this fellow or No. <laughs> okay. But the only reason I'm talking about him is uh I when I was a kid there was a book that I had that I read ten times that was called I Was a Teenage Professional Wrestler. And it was written by Mark's Lewin, Mark Lewin's brother Ted Lewin. And so when I saw that name I think I may have seen him wrestle once as the Purple Haze. Sadly I did not see him wrestle as Skippy Jackson, which apparently is another name he had. But, um, but I can't remember it. So no, we're not going to rank him, but I just wanted to mention He was trained that, uh, by John Horton. Any relation? To Tim Horton? Yeah. I don't know. Another number, please. Okay. The next number is 470. 470. C.J. Parker, otherwise known as Juice Robinson. Okay. Here's a fellow whom... I never liked. I like him way more in New Japan than I do it, did in NXT. Well, I haven't seen him in New Japan, but I saw him in NXT. And let's see, didn't he? Isn't he the guy who broke Kevin Owens' nose in like his first match? Yes. yes. That gimmick, the the ecological guy. I don't remember even what they. You know, if they had, like, a nickname for it. But the, you know, love everyone and doing all of that stuff, the hippie kind of thing, it, that was the era where, you know, that was the era that birthed Tyler Breeze, where it was almost like, okay, you're the model guy. You're the hippie guy. Solomon Crow, you're the hacker guy. Right. And so, you know, so I, it made sense, and it just wasn't working for him. But he went to New Japan. I give him a lot of credit because he went to New Japan – um, went like kind of into the dojo sort of thing for them and was almost like a young boy. Like he literally was one of the guys who sat at ringside and like put towels over the wrestlers after the match was over and like helped ice them down and stuff. So, you know, he, he, he did it right when it comes to Japan. That's how you're supposed to do it is. And he is currently the IWGP United States champion. So it sounds like so, he's making a bit of a career for himself. But at the same time, he is, I mean, I will say, again, going back, this is just NXT talking. But when you talk about sure. guys like Tyler Breeze, when you talk about guys like Ty Dillinger, 
Yep. I like C.J. Parker less. Oh, yeah. But that said, certainly both of those examples I just mentioned, they've been brought up to the main roster in WWE, and their stock has done nothing but plummet. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. old C.J., now Juice, is making a name for himself. So that's got to be worth something, right? And and I'm willing to rank him lower, but he's one of those guys who I'm going to be watching at our next reconciliation. Because if he's still IWGP United States champion, if he's done, you know, if he's had some good matches in New Japan, he's he's going to go up, mm. you know. But um, right now, while Apollo Cruz has not held a WWE or NXT title, I'm happy to put him above CJ Parker. I'm looking at like crime time, 143. Above Kurt Hawkins, above the Ascension, but not very much higher than them. But okay. could go up. Sure. Okay. So, Juice. Oops. Robinson, aka CJ Parker. Juice. Hey, if you can get over with a name like Juice, good for you. 435. 435 brings us to... Da, 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 da. Oh. <laughs> Al Snow. Yes. Okay, quick question. Yes. Are we ranking head separate from Al Snow? <laughs> no. Okay. They're ranked as a tag team. All right. In which case, we are going to the top of the list. I uh, love me some Al Snow. And it's less to... Thank you for thank you for saying it that way. Why? That you love you some Al Snow. As opposed to? Whatever else you might love. Ah. I'd like to point out that his finisher for a long time was known as either the Snowplow or, then he went to ECW, the Snow Job. <laughs> the thing that I love most about Al Snow is it has really almost nothing to do with Al Snow and everything to do with how he is portrayed and treated throughout all of Mick Foley's uh, uh, biographies. Yes. It, it's, he becomes this larger-than-life character, and I like to believe that Al Snow is exactly the way that Mick Foley describes him. Um, yeah, and it certainly seems like it would be the case, you know. Just, just I, I love that Mick Foley takes credit for the head. Yep, he said that was his idea, and but he freely admits that Al Snow came up with the sock. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, Al Snow. You know, not. I don't know that if he held any titles in WWE. I remember when he was Avatar, and he was like a masked again. Like Savio Vega was Quang. You're, they put him you're, on the... you're gonna think I'm crazy. Sorry to cut you off. You're gonna no, think I'm crazy. But for me, Al Snow is something like the equivalent it's sort of like that comedy equivalent of a Dean Malenko. Like I, I know, I know it sounds ridiculous. He is the Russell silly Dean Malenko, is that what you're saying? I think so. Under the radar I'd like to point out I'd like to point out. I said I don't know that he ever held the title. He is a European champion, a tag team champion, and a six-time hardcore champion. Amazing. And that's the thing. I like the hardcore style of wrestling. I love the head gimmick. I I, I liked... I've just... I, again, I just... I've even seen him more recently. I think he did a stint in TNA where he was acting as a manager. And that's you know, nothing to write home about, necessarily. But he's still out there. He's still doing his thing. Um, maybe, like... That Lance Storm forty one, Dean Malenko thirty eight. Like I'm, I honestly would be comfortable somewhere wow. in there for it. I was Al gonna Snow. start with Tatanka at fifty six and thought I was doing really well by being that hey, high. You're, hey, fifty six is not okay. that far below where I am. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just want it to be said on air. You're saying Al Snow is better than Tito Santana. Al Snow is better than Brian Pillman. Al Snow is better than Biggie. Okay. Maybe we're getting a little crazy. You want to put him at 42 above Tajiri. Or I'll even say above Lance Storm. Because Lance Storm, I love Lance Storm, 
but he is somewhat one note. Yes. Al Snow was a good wrestler on top of, and nobody on this list has ever been the victim of a penis suplex before. Maybe Joey Ryan has. Probably. Do you remember that story from the from the Mankind uh-huh. book? Oh, hardcore Holly. Uh, I'll even say, I'll put him at 40 above Rick Martell, if you would like. You draw the line at Abyss? No. <laughs> I'd go above Abyss. I draw the line to Dean Malenko, who was also one note. I'll grant you. I will. I will grant you Dean Malenko because he is a phenomenal technical wrestler. Uh, but again, I think that character work of Al Snow is a good I will companion split. with Dean Malenko. I am, and 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 I'll say this. One of the things that I have noticed is that we have, because we have so few women on the list, they tend to be lumped together. I am willing to put Al Snow at 37 just so Jacqueline and Natalia aren't right next to each other. I'm starting to, I mean, I, I like where you're going with that, but I'm not sure I can. And Well, he is, he <laughs> is one note. I have difficulty saying Al Snow is better than Dean Malenko. That's really where I get stuck. But... Dean Malenko is one of the best in-ring competitors I have ever seen. And his best character work was pulled, was dressing in a luchador costume and then pulling off the mask to wrestle Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. That was the extent, or maybe it was the TV title. That is the extent of his character work that I can remember. Because all the other stuff I saw him do wasn't very good. Yeah. Al Snow can wrestle, has the career longevity, has a gimmick that broke through to the to the point. Now granted, Paul Heyman will admit they went out and bought mannequin heads and gave them to the crowd. But that is an iconic image mm-hmm. of them doing like the blacklight stuff and everyone banging the mannequin heads. I like it. 37. All right. Al Snow. Would you have believed that Al Snow would be in the top 50. Yes, because I know who I'm talking to. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I know I know that this is our list, so guys like Al Snow are going to do very well on this list. Uh, 186 is the next number. 186. Milano Collection AT. I'm not even going to look that up on Wikipedia. Uh, let's see. I am, I am just because that name is there. Japanese wrestler. Um, let's see. Yeah, neither of us have seen him. He's 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 a name that people know, but all right, not another number, please. Well, I'm gonna switch back to the female talent pool. Go for and it. And I'm going to select number seven. Number seven. Lucky number seven. Miranda Salinas. Miranda Salinas. Part of the Mae Young Classic. If you watched enough, you watched her wrestle. Uh, how do you spell that last name? S-A-L-I-N-A-S. Hmm. She was a rosebud. She wrestled Rhea Ripley in the first round and lost. So I know we watched Rhea Ripley because... But again, if you can't remember her, I don't want to put her on the list just based on the fact that she's been on our television screen. Yeah. Sorry, Miranda. Maybe she'll wrestle in this... May Young Classic and, and impress us. Perhaps. Well, another number then. And that is number 25. From the women's list or the men's Still list? Still from the women's list. 25 brings us to Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. Now. Who is going to be wrestling on the May Young Classic this year? Caitlin uh, was a interesting talent. I thought. Now, this is probably someone 
that you are unfamiliar with. Uh, I think her career happened during your dark... Entirely during my lost year, so I default to you on this. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what the timing is, but I feel feel like um, she sort of stepped... I'm trying to remember, did she step in before or after Beth Phoenix? I want to say after. Um, So, like, we had this era... When, when I was first start, starting to watch wrestling again, and at that point we're talking about Molly Holly, Trish Stratus, Lita still actively competing. But not long after that, you know, we start talking about, like, I, I think Beth Phoenix being sort of at the top of the roster. And then after that, I feel like Caitlyn sort of stepped in as sort of... You are absolutely right, it, because... According to Wikipedia, Beth Phoenix left in 2012. Caitlin made it to the main roster in 2012. Yeah. So, like, she was, I think... So, in some ways, she was the transitional um, person. She was... Not the transitional. She was the de facto leader of the women's division, I would say, at that time. She sort of stepped into that Trish Stratus-like role, that Beth Phoenix-type role. And, you know, she's a she was a bodybuilder, um, so she was... Not only athletic, but very strong, capable of quite a bit of, of sort of more more powerful moves than, than others. She she stood out at a time when divas were taking over. You know, um, so she was a little bit less less. I think you know. Um, I don't mean this in a negative way, but less massive than Beth Phoenix, but still mm-hmm. one of those sort of power type characters if there's one thing that i i can say about caitlin that that is negative is that i feel like her time in wwe was short i don't think she was there longer than two years three years maybe um it was not a wrong long run um but she was again she was technically sound she really did lead that division i think for the time that she was there um i kind of view her she was almost like a prototype aj because, like, mm-hmm. I think that's probably who sort of stepped in after Caitlyn was gone, um, sort of at the top there. So so what did you say? Everything you're saying makes it sound like she was a, a vital member of the women's roster, if not a cornerstone of the women's roster for a brief period. Yeah, I would time. say the two years she was there, she was a cornerstone. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm assuming Sarah Logan at 99 were going high. I would have to say so. And again, Caitlyn is returning uh, for the May Young Classic this year, so that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Are we going higher than Candice LeRae at seventy nine? Personally, I think so. Are we going higher than Stacy Keebler at seventy two? Well, I guess now we have to start talking about the things that we value. Are we talking about name recognition and mainstream sort of crossover appeal, or are we talking about? Wrestlers, um, we could be getting to the ballpark, if only because, again, uh, of the briefness of the career. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the area of you know Alberto Del Rio is sixty nine, the fabulous Mula is sixty four, Tori Wilson is sixty seven, Heidenreich is sixty three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hmm. I think hmm. Caitlin honestly as much as I love her work I do think that Caitlin could be ranked above Emma at 55 alright and I think higher than R-Truth at 54 okay is she higher than Naomi at 48? I don't think so. I think Naomi deserves to have a a hefty lead on Caitlyn. So are we talking 54 right above our truth but below Tito Santana? Possibly. I mean, again, I know this just it's just, you know, me. Christy Hemi at 51. Realistically, Caitlyn should probably be above Christy Hemi, but I have mm-hmm. difficulty saying she should be above Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. So so maybe where I had her is acceptable. So 54? Let's say 54 for Kayla. All right, 54. In between Tito Santana and R-Truth, it is Caitlin. 
We are coming close to the one-hour mark. I'm still hoping for that big name, though we've got a lot of, you know, pretty good names on this episode, but let's roll the dice. Can I get one more number from the men's list, please? The number is 396. 396. What do you know about the Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards? I know a fair bit about Eddie Edwards, having seen him wrestle several times in TNA. Um, Well, that is the name that popped up. And I suppose, you know, they they have had singles careers, but Eddie Edwards is with 396, so... Yeah, I I don't know the other gentleman, I don't think. What was the other name? Davey Richards. Oh, well, I guess I do know Davey Richards. But I don't know that I know them as a tag team. I, I think I've seen Eddie yeah, Edwards they, as a singles competitor. I know them as the American Wolves, and then I think they went and became the Wolves. Um, but apparently, they have had a they have had a singles career. Um, I'm not very well familiar with it, but if you do, if you know something about it, then then chat to me of Eddie Edwards. Um, I don't know if it's a tattoo or just paint. But he has some really dumb-looking, like, wolf uh, scratches on his torso, I think. Or it could be his arm. I don't know. It could be just, like I said, it might be just body paint that they were putting on him in TNA. That was always always stupid-looking. And I think he's, he's run into some rough times recently. I remember him taking a baseball bat to the head or something accidentally in a main event match. Yeah, it's totally paint. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a solid competitor. He's a solid wrestler for sure. He's competed for I, I was the TNA uh, World Championship. He may have even have held it. I th- I'm not sure about that. He is a, a former TNA champion and Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Yeah, I mean, this guy is accomplished. That said, I, I mean, nothing about him stands out to me outside of the stupid body paint. Um, sure. And for all I know, I was looking at pictures. Maybe it's a more recent tattoo, in which case it's ridiculous. Mm. But Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if I'm thinking where he goes on this list, I mean, let's face it. R-Truth is a, is a TNA world champion. Um, Eddie Edwards. I'm, not, I'm looking at, like, Amazing Red at number 75. Mm-hmm. I could see putting him... Above that, because realistically, he's got he's below Alberto Del Rio. Sure. I would say. Are you putting him uh, above the great Kali? Uh, yeah, you know, I guess so. Why not? Let's let's split the difference. He's nowhere near the level of Typhoon. However, mm, no. no. All right, so seventy-four, Eddie Edwards. All right, Eddie Edwards at seventy-four. I'm going to leave it up to you. I don't, I don't, I don't like going out on a whimper. But Eddie Edwards is a former champion, so certainly he's in the top 100. So I'd say he's certainly deserving. Yep. Would you like to continue a little bit, or are you happy to put this to bed? Where are we at in terms of numbers? We're at 241. So we're not going to get to 250 today. Yeah. It's just not yeah. going to happen. We're not going to add nine names no, to the list. No. Uh, you know, let's, you good? Uh, let's let's roll the dice. Let's do one more. No matter right. how bad it is. Sure. Right. And that number is. 486. 486. I'm so glad we did this. He's not going to break. He's probably not even as high as Eddie Edwards. But if you put some sunglasses on and you walked around singing a song called Just Look at Me, that sounds like Randy Newman, you would have Rob Conway. I love that version of Rob Conway. One of my favorite gimmicks that probably was only around for three months or something. Uh, man, when he re-debuted with that refreshed gimmick, that song, oh my lord. Rob Conway's stock went through the roof. We are talking rosy levels. Oh, yeah. Just look at me. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rob Conway, that gimmick in particular. And 
again, you want to talk about a guy reinventing himself. I mean, because he was part of um, that. F- yeah, La Resistance. So, I mean, that was a very rad- big radical departure. I, I don't think I looked at Rob Conway twice in, the, in his entire existence before that gimmick debuted. Um, it was a revelation. Yeah, he, he kind of became like an American sympathizer because yes. he was not French. No. So, you know, he, he, I guess he came out of the crowd as an American soldier and then joined La Resistance, which seemed silly. Um, but yeah, it, it was not a great... But that's... His gimmick is essentially, and it's, it mentions it in Wikipedia, it, it's very similar to Buff Bagwell, which was a fantastic gimmick. Yeah. And it's a shame that Rob Conway didn't get the chance because that gimmick, if you put that gimmick on Dolph Ziggler or... You know, let's let's think of a. I don't know. There's a hundred of them that could have pulled that off. You put that gimmick on any number of people, and all of a sudden they're going to make something like Bobby Roode. Like Bobby Roode could pull off something like that. Are you maybe. saying Rob Conway so, didn't pull it off? Because I think he did. I'm saying I don't think he got the chance to okay, pull it off. That's fair. You know, he he broke it out in July of 2005. Um. You know, with a gimmick that included a biker hat, sunglasses, a mustache, see-through tights, and a so new haircut. Good. Uh, you know, and got beat up by a bunch of legends, so he's immediately in that Heath Slater sort of role. Um, and then went on a big losing streak, and that was it. By you know, at some point, the losing streak lasted so long he dropped the gimmick and just became desperate to pick up a win. Yeah. So you put that Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder could totally give him the music, give him oh, the sunglasses. I want to see Zack Ryder with a big fat mustache. Oh my god, that's <laughs> I didn't I didn't know I wanted to see that before right now, but I I want to see that now. Yeah. So, you know, it is a shame he went on to be a, an NWA heavyweight champion. Okay, so I'm looking at the list. You know? La Resistance is at 140. Um, he's got to be. I higher. think so. Um, I'm looking, I don't think considerably higher, but I think Rob Conway could easily be above Silas Young at 136. Okay. I like Silas Young, but I, I'm, I'll give Strength you that. Strength of the gimmick? I would say I would put him above even, because this is our yes. list, I'd put him above Ezekiel Jackson. I mean, I would too. I can't name an Ezekiel Jackson theme song. I didn't know Ezekiel Jackson. Ezekiel Jackson, not super memorable. Rob Conway, very memorable. Would you think he's more memorable than Midian? That's where I'm putting it. Because I'm like, all right, what do I remember about Midian? That he was naked and ran around in a fanny pack for a while. Yep. What do I remember about Rob Conway? The mustache and the song. Yeah. Like, we're talking Midian at 124, the Blue Meanie at 121. I think we're in the right ballpark here. I think we are. Sorry, Titus. Sorry, War Raiders. Give yourself some time, and I'm sure you will go past this if you continue to... Well, not Titus, (laughs) but if you continue to be successful. yes. Midian, you're dropping down the rank because 124, Rob freaking Conway. Ain't he a sight to see? Yes, he is, DC. Yes, he is. Oh. All right. We got to call yeah, it now. We're, we're, we're not going to get better oh, than that. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the list is now at 242. Um, I feel bad for Vic Grimes, who, like, all these bottom people, like, we just haven't put anyone down there in a long time. The Horner line is at 194. Sorry, Jeremy. And a full 70 spots above that is one of Doc Manson's favorite wrestlers. Rob Conway. Uh, If you enjoyed this show, and I hope that you do, uh, tune in to all the other podcasts uh, as part of the DDT universe. Uh, DDT Wrestling will be happening in a couple of days. I'm sure we'll chat a little bit about the success of All In. Uh, Monday Night Raw seemed to... it, It feels like they decided to roll the dice on a couple of things and make some changes. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about whatever happens on SmackDown tonight because we're recording on a Tuesday. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that oppressively hot Tuesday evening? Once again, to listen to all those shows, it's ddtpod.com. Send us an email if you'd like to argue to put 
Rob Conway much, much higher on this list. <laughs> you can send that email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you enjoyed this show, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to help financially support DC Matthews and myself, Doc Manson. With our shows. Yeah, that's a, that, yeah. With, with, well, with our shows. I, I thought that without saying DC. Of course. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, Randy Savage is the greatest wrestler of all time, but it doesn't really matter. Damn world monster.